0: All right, um, just before we get into the Word today, uh, just uh, how's everyone traveling? You okay? You all good? All right, now, um, just a quick survey. How many people walk into a room and then look around and go, what did I walk in here for? (laughs) All right, okay. Yeah, anyone? Yeah, okay, good. Keep your hand up if you're under 20. (laughs) Oh, you've done that at your age. Oh, man, thank you. I feel so good now. I thought it was because I was getting old. It's not. Hallelujah. All right. Um, I've had a little bit of those experiences this week. I don't know why. It just seems to be happening. Um, if you see me shaking a little bit this morning, um, I, I walked out of the house without my coffee. That's pretty bad, huh? Yeah. So, hey, uh, we're going to pray. Um, I want to thank you for your support, both in everything that's happened this week into the accommodation. I know Nat's already said this, but as pastors and leaders within this church, uh, it's not good when it's just Nat and I going over there playing guitar and banging a drum and singing out a tune and we certainly would have known how to do fruit salad in any way, shape or form except for fruit salad, yummy, yummy (laughs) and I don't think that was the one the lady wanted but uh, so thankful as we go in as a team we achieve so much more and I want to thank everybody who did that. Um, both in those spots now this afternoon is a very much a soft spot for me the surf club is something we've been involved in for over 15 years and with um, something we've been doing for many many years with the carols some of them not so good Arthur I won't mention the karaoke carols that we did many years ago that was oh, I said sorry 20,000 times that night to the choir that did that one. Oh my goodness what a shocking night but if you can come and join us um, you don't have to have had come and practice the songs. We're doing six songs, one of them being Merry Christmas. Uh, we wish you a Merry Christmas. So that's real hard to sing. Um, and, and they've cut out all the tricky verses like piggy pudding and seafood platter and cold beer and all those ones. Um, and even some of the other verses, we've cut out certain things because we don't want to be too controversial with the church, um, but uh, we'll do what we can do. All right. So come and join us and uh, jump on stage and have a lot of fun with this. Uh, wearing green or red um, uh, shirts and and tops. Yeah, green and red tops. Sorry? Pants are not optional. Correct, yes, wear pants. All right. Um, But yeah, thank you for that and and appreciate all the support that everyone's giving us in those areas. And as Nat said, Christmas Eve, we'll have a lot of fun. Uh, Christmas Eve is our fun. We dress up silly. We eat barbecue beforehand and then we'll sing a whole bunch of carols and do some silly stuff. All right, so it's a fun family night. Uh, Christmas Day, as Nat said, is at 8 o'clock. It's a shorter service. Um, I'll be interested to hear what Nat has to say about this glorious outset um, because it doesn't it look like a bunch of hillbilly rockers from the 1970s just got dressed up in some gear. You know, you can just imagine this guy's Joseph. You can imagine him on a guitar. You know, these guys, they've got the long hair. and No, just me, okay. <laughs> Let's pray, shall we? Father God, I want to thank you for this incredible group of people. I want to thank you for the way you have blessed us over many years in the area of our finances. I want to thank you for the way that you have brought healing into people's lives. I want to thank you for this week, how you moved and worked through individuals and in teams to bless other people. Um, Sometimes in our sight, sometimes what we saw, other times completely you will be doing work behind the scenes And I thank you for that and I give you praise. But Father, for our finances, we cry out to you and we ask for a miracle. We ask that you would continue to do what you need to do. And Lord, for those of us who brought the pig money today, Lord, thank you that that will go to missions and just cause. Um, But uh, Father, I thank you that uh, we can support these incredible ministries that uh, need to do so much in our community. And we pray this in Jesus' name and God's people said, Amen. Alrighty, tonight, this morning, sorry, we're doing Joseph. And now I've had a crack at doing a PowerPoint. Look at that. Doesn't that look good? So it's on Joseph. So Joseph uh, is a good man. So we're, we're stepping, I'm stepping out of the messy grace thing. Now I've talked to a couple of you. A couple of you uh, are going, messy grace. Donnie, why do you always say messy grace? What's the idea of messy grace? God's grace is good. Do I hear an amen? God's grace is good. Yeah, it is good. It's great. To know God's grace is one of the most amazing things. See what I did there? Amazing grace. Don't worry about it. You missed it. Amazing grace. It is incredible. It is amazing. Are you getting it? But when we live it in amongst the way we do life, guess what? It's messy. As I shared with someone this week, we look at David who in the Bible is regarded as a man after God's own heart, an adulterer and a murderer. Does that sound messy to you? How do you go man after God's own heart and dirtbag at the same time? How does that work? No offence, King David. All right, How does that work? It's because in amongst here, it's messy because you and I are broken and we need Jesus. We need his amazing grace. And if you think you don't need his amazing grace, slap yourself. Because we do. Thank you. We do. We need Jesus more and more every day. In this crazy world, with all the crazy stuff going on, and I don't mean to bring a bad prophetic word, but if we're seeing the start of crazy in Australia, guess what? There's more coming. Because if you're out in the community like I am, people are hurting They're upset, they're not being heard, they're frustrated and they're getting angry at all the wrong people like two young police people. We live in a messy world that is in need of God's grace. Okay? Now, that's not part of the sermon. That's just me venting. Let's pray. Father God, as we get into Joseph, Lord, may your word come through and may it be something incredible for each and every one of us. We pray this in Jesus name. Amen. I want you to go on a journey with me. Ready? We're on a holiday. Who wants to go on a summer holiday? Yeah, everyone on a summer holiday? Anyone singing Cliff Richard right now? Yeah. That show was on the TV. I was flicking channels with you, Jordan. Was that yesterday when we were watching the cricket? Jordan watched the cricket with me yesterday. It was really good. And uh, flicking channels at the drinks break and out comes Cliff Richard. He looked like 20 years old. And he's in this big red bus singing, we're all going on a summer holiday, you know. And uh, it was all, and I thought, ah, that's awesome. That's part of my sermon. So here we go. We're, getting, we're going on a summer's holiday. You've got to get all ready. You know what it's like getting ready going on a holiday? You know, getting heavy, everyone. Okay, you've got to go to bed early the night before you leave on your summer holiday, right? Because you've got to get up at 4 a.m. in the morning to go. All right, you can leave at 4 a.m. None of this sleeping in rubbish. No chance. Sorry, if I look at Michaela, it looks a bit obvious, (laughs) okay? So if I look at you guys, it's sort of her direction. She might get the hint. All right, so you get up early and you wake the kids and you put them in the back of the car and then they fall asleep again and you're off on your summer's holiday because you want to get to your destination early. So the earlier you get there, you're on holidays. Is that right? Are you with me? Okay, we're on our trip. You get out of the sunny coast, you head up the highway, you go through Gympie, it's double lanes, it's excellent. You're sitting on 110 and you get and you're making good time. You get past Gympie, even get through Gympie without a red light. Hallelujah, Jesus. You're on a good road here. Everything's going great. You get outside Gympie and you hit the 90k zone. And then you come up behind this Camry. <laughs> a hybrid Camry, and he's doing, and he, it's a he driver, he is doing 89 kilometres an hour, 89, in a 90 zone. What's he thinking? 89 kilometres an hour in a 90 zone, because my car tells me exactly what speed I'm doing, if you make notice of it. 89, and you're following him for 15 minutes. And then it says, if everyone got up that morning and decided that they would leave at the right time, that when you have an opportunity to pass him, guess what? They're coming the other way. And there's no opportunity to pass him. You're still stuck there for 25 minutes. You're now behind schedule. The kids are starting to wake up. You know what? You're feeling my pain, Richie. 89 kilometers an hour in a 90 zone. Now tell me, is he doing anything wrong? No, he's doing everything right. Everything right. He's even driving a Camry hybrid. He's even loving the community and the, the environment. He's doing everything right. I reckon if Joseph was alive today, he would have been driving that Camry. Joseph. Because he did everything right. He was a good man. He was a good man. The Bible even tells us he was a good man. I'm going to hand over to Bruce because I need to sit down and have a rest. Um, And he's going to come and read from the Bible. Uh, We're also going to have it up on the slides up there. Look at that. How's that? Bible reading up there. So up you come there, Bruce. Thanks, mate. Now, you're reading from the Near Enough Version?
1: No, I don't drive a Camry. You don't drive a Camry. There you go, mate. (coughs) Matthew... I'm reading from Matthew 1, verses 18 to 25. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly but as he considered this behold an angel of the lord appeared to him in a dream saying joseph son of da- son of david do not do not do not do not fear to take mary your wife for what she for that which is conceived in her is of the holy spirit She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had borne a son, and he called his name Jesus. Thank you very much, Bruce.
0: So Luke was a good man. You can see that uh, in that passage that we read, he was faithful to the law. He was not a lawbreaker. He wanted to do everything right. And in different translations, they said he was a righteous man. Others, I think the NIV says he was a good man. He was a good man. But he was in a predicament, wasn't he? Stop and have a think about this predicament. It's really hard for us to think about it in this era, let alone back into that era. But let's try and think it through a little bit. Get into Joseph's understanding of the situation. See, Joseph is betrothed
2: to Mary. Mary, by miraculous intervention of God, gets pregnant. Joseph gets told this. Now, we might read that and go, isn't
0: that amazing? The miracle, the virgin birth, the prophetic. What's Joseph telling his mates? Yeah, the girl I'm going to marry,
2: she's pregnant. Ah, oh, buddy. We're we going to go kill this guy? We're we going to get him? I'll help you. Anyone messes with uh, my girl, they're in trouble. Uh, Well, no, boys. She said uh, it was the Holy Spirit that got her pregnant. Right.
0: Sure. That's a good one. Never heard of that one. He's in a scenario,
2: isn't he? You could just hear the guys giving him a hard time. Now, can anyone remember what Joseph did? Anyone? He was a builder. The word in the New Testament
0: often is carpenter, but carpenter wasn't a word that they often used, and it wasn't just working with carpentry. Um, Wood is what he would have done. Wood, stone, hay, anything to build buildings. So he was in the working class. He was doing the hard work. He was doing it all with his hands. There was no power tools. I reckon Joseph was a man's man. If he had to lift those great big stones and saw through wood, he would have had biceps and he would have been cut. He would have been strong. I would not like to have messed with Joseph. All right. And here's all his mates giving him a hard time and they're all similar. To him, They're all men's men. They're all hard workers. They're probably on the lower socioeconomic. And here he is, betrothed to a girl who's gotten
2: pregnant. What does he do? Does he go by the law? Or does he slip into grace? A messy grace. The law is he can divorce her. He can just cut her off. The law even goes
0: as far as he can have her killed. That ends Christmas pretty quick, doesn't it? Mary, stoned to death for having committed adultery with the Holy Spirit. End of the story. Joseph could have acted any of those things. Now, next picture that comes up
2: is a picture. There you go. Anyone seen that picture before? Anyone want to tell me what the picture is about? Sorry. Ah, he's reading a receipt. Very good,
0: uh, Randall. Uh, this is uh, by an 18th century French printmaker. So it's a print, not a painting. I stand corrected. By a guy called Antoine Alexandre Morel. And it's the picture of uh, the carpenter Joseph. Now, it's not a receipt from Aldi or anything. It's actually a written writ of divorce that he's contemplating. He's contemplating signing this divorce papers To get rid of Mary, he can't handle the shame. And by the way, the law says 89 kilometres an hour in a 90 zone is okay. So he's not doing anything wrong. He's not being mean. He's not being nasty. He's being a good man. He can put her away, mean or nasty. He doesn't want to do that. He can put her away quietly. And less shame for her. He's trying to be a good guy. And then the other thing that's in this picture is there's some flowers. Now you may not be able to see those flowers, but they're holy flowers. Okay, and according to the book of Hosea, which sorry not holly, saw them at the front lilies they're lilies, all right lilies, and and the book of Hosea says that the righteous will blossom like the lily, okay, and so there's a whole theme through Hosea about righteousness and lilies and being righteous and lilies. So here is the picture. It's the does he grab hold of that? and sign off and get rid of Mary? Or is there something else that God's trying to say to him? Is there something else? Are you feeling his tension? Am I getting that across? He's in this moment. What do I know? What do I choose? Is it the lilies or the writ? Is it grace or legalism? I think what he was going through is incredibly difficult. We know the story and we understand the story and we say, yes, this is how it comes
2: about. But for him, it's hard to understand. How does he take this on? How does he say yes to marrying this girl who's pregnant? How does he do that? He's weighing it all up. And because he's a righteous man, a good man, he wants to make sure he gets it right. So he doesn't... Action. He has a bit of a sleep. And in the sleep, he has an angel come and talk to him. And the angel tells him that this is a, a God thing. Let me just read it to you. But when he had considered this, an angel of the Lord
0: appeared to him and in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived is from, in her from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. And because this, his, he will save his people from their sins. And then there's the prophetic word about Emmanuel. And then Jesus, uh, Joseph wakes
2: up and he goes, okay, this is a God thing. This is a God thing. Now, before he wakes up, and
0: if I was in his predicament, I'd be thinking, I didn't sign up to this. When I signed up to marry this girl, it was going to be X, Y, and Z. I'm not signing up to raise someone else's, even if it's God Almighty's son. You know, I've got some friends who have stepped into the gap to raise other people's kids. And I respect what they do incredibly. It's hard work. It's really hard work. So what does Joseph do? Have you ever been in a situation where you go, hold on a sec, I didn't sign up for this. This is
2: not the way I made the deal. This is not the contract that I signed. Anyone with Optus? So when when you're with Optus and everything falls apart, what do you do? Do you look at writing
0: out the written, divorce them? Or do you buy some lilies and take it in and say,
2: thank you, Optus, for all my sleepless nights, my hassles and inconvenience? It's Not what I signed up for. I'm sure in so many areas of our lives, we have
0: gone, I didn't sign up for that. This is not what I signed up for. I signed up for the good stuff. I signed up for the easy stuff. As a pastor and as a chaplain, unfortunately, I say that a bit. I didn't sign up for this. I signed up for the good bits. I signed up to tell people about Jesus. I signed up to get up in the pulpit and preach, and I signed up for this. I didn't sign up to do this paperwork. I didn't sign up to do this, 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 and this.
2: But it all comes with the job. It all comes with the job. Visiting people comes with the job. I'm going to tell you quickly one little story. And I apologise if
0: it's a little bit inappropriate, but it makes a point that I didn't sign up for this. One of the days I was doing some chaplaincy work over at the hospital and the RSL let me know that there was a Vietnam vet who was in hospital. And uh, he was uh, travelling from Emerald out to Longreach on his motorbike and he had a motorbike trailer on the back and as he was passing this truck in the middle of nowhere, the, uh, the motorbike trailer flipped. And if you're riding a motorbike and the motorbike trailer flips, then guess what? The motorbike flips all in front of the truck that he's just passed. He has this almighty crash. He's absolutely smashed all down the left-hand side of his body. He has no ribs left here. It's all steel plate. It's all been, he's like the $6 million man. He's been put back together. He's, he's alive. That's number one miracle. Number 2 miracle the guy driving the truck
2: gets out of the truck runs to his aid sees who it is and says his name the guy driving the truck is his best mate from the Vietnam war
0: hello then he goes to he, the, the guy from the truck saves his life and gets the ambulance he gets rushed off medevac down to Brisbane the, the the bone doctor who's doing all the massive operations and everything is his nephew. He's telling me the story. And at this point, I said to him, mate, when I was in grade 12, I read a book about Rocky Graziano, the boxer. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Rocky. Yeah, man. Uh, World War II vet- World War veteran. Vietnam vet, you know. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah. And and I said, you know what the title of that book is? And he goes, no. Nah. I said, somebody up there is watching over me. He said, are you trying to tell me that there's somebody watching over me? And I said, no, for the last half an hour, you've been telling me that there's someone watching over you. And he goes, are yeah." And uh, at that moment, this is where it goes inappropriate, so kids, close your ears. At that moment, he, he flicked himself over. He only had a sheet over his lower waist. He had nothing on, on his shirt. There was nothing. And, uh, and he's letting me know that the day before, They'd taken the catheter out. And you don't get out of hospital until you can do it by yourself, all right? So he's he's there, and he's trying to go to the toilet by himself.
2: At this moment, I'm saying, I didn't sign up for this. Would you like me to go get a nurse for you, mate? And he goes, no, 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 don't get a nurse. I've got to do this
0: myself. If a nurse comes, it gets put down that they helped me, and it... And I've got back to square one. I've been trying all night to go to the toilet, mate. Please. And by the way, he didn't say it as nicely as that. And, and, and I'm going, okay, 10 minutes of him in excruciating pain. I've never been through this. I've never done this. But if you have done it and I'm triggering you, I apologize. But he's in excruciating pain. I, I, I thought he was going to give birth, not go to the toilet. He was in so much pain. And then I couldn't take it anymore. And I've tried to leave twice. I've tried to get the nurse a number of times because in my head I'm saying, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up for this. Where am I get to preach the gospel? This, is not, this guy's trying to pee and he's in pain and I'm in trouble. I've got nothing. And I do
2: what any good pastor does, something. Guess what I say? Buddy, I'm going to pray for you. And as soon as I say you,
0: guess what his next words are? Thank you, Jesus. And then I hear this shh. For the next ten minutes, I could not convince him that I hadn't prayed. That all I said is, "I will pray for you." And he's telling me, "Man, that's a newie. You pray for people that they can pee." And I went, "I didn't do that. I didn't do that. Don't tell anybody. My name is not Don Johnson. I haven't got a gift in this. Okay. Don't spread the word around the hospital." He was just amazed that just at that time when I said, I will pray for you,
2: it broke through. I didn't sign up for that. I walked out of there going, "Eh." (laughs) thanks, Jesus. (laughs) If I have to come back to the urinary tract or the, what's that, the kidney area?
0: Kidney area, yeah. If I have to come back here next week, I'm in trouble. Joseph didn't sign up to do this, but God said to him, yeah, you have. I don't think they had a big wedding, Mary and Joseph. I think they had a small wedding. And I think the two families probably weren't for the wedding. You know, Joseph's family was probably really angry that he's marrying a pregnant girl. And Mary's family's probably thinking, Holy Spirit, I don't think so. I think Joseph's been a bad boy. Anyway. We tell in the story that uh, Joseph, after he wakes up and he's had that angel appear to him, he goes, okay,
2: this is a God thing. This is what God has signed me up for. And he does it and he raises
0: Joseph. Uh, Jesus. He goes with Mary and she has this child and, and then all hell breaks loose with Herod and he has to go to Egypt. On the way to Egypt, how many times do you reckon Joseph went, I didn't sign up for this? Egypt? What am I doing in Egypt? And then he comes back from Egypt to Nazareth. And most of the the Bible doesn't tell us a lot about Jesus' younger years. You have to delve into guys like Josephus and other historians to find out about Jesus' younger years. Just as Jesus and his family, and and the, the guys are saying there's probably another son at this stage, Joseph's. At this stage and, and they arrive to Nazareth Now for those of you who have been over to the Holy Land Nazareth is not down in the, the valley Nazareth is up in the Tablelands It's really high area Nazareth And Nazareth is just a couple of k's down From a city that is on the crossroads Where the highway comes down from the north And hits there And you can go to the coast route Or you can go down into the valley And towards Jerusalem that way so it's a, it's a major centre and it's got a beautiful place for the Jewish
2: people. And, and in this place, just as Joseph comes back with his family, a rebellion takes place. A rebellion takes place. The Jews are not happy with being ruled by the Romans. So on a Passover, you've got a feel for the Jewish people the amount
0: of times they've been massacred during the Passover. I I did a Google search of it and it happens again and again and again. The latest one was in 2002 on a Passover where a bomber went into a place and blew up a whole bunch of people worshipping their God. On a Passover, just when Jesus was a boy in this town, the Roman troops came in and killed 3,000 people, wiping out the whole village destroying the whole town. You see, in the Roman days, if you whinged and complained
2: against the government, they said, sure, you can do that, and we'll squash you. There'll be nothing left. We won't just
0: kill the men who are complaining. We'll kill everybody, and everyone else in the community will know, don't mess with us. We're the Roman Empire. The problem was, where was this city? It was at a junction, and so the Romans wiped it out and then went, ah, oops, we need a city here. So they got all the builders to rebuild it. Some of the historians believe that Joseph and Jesus were in this place, a metropolitan of people, all different backgrounds and languages and everything, working in this place to rebuild it. Interesting story if that's true for Jesus. In our lives, we all face difficult situations. And they, those situations may bring us to a point where we will say, I didn't sign up for this. We fall into various trials and our vision gets blurred and we go, what's going on, God? And we don't think God's answering us. God's got us out of our comfort zone. He's got us into a zone where we have to rely on him. Yesterday, I was going down to Brisbane. I've got a very good friend who is a lot younger than me. It was a funny comment was made because they all said, uh, we were talking about a singer who's in their early, in his early 60s. And, uh, and they said, oh, yeah, he is
2: so old. And
0: I said, boys, I turn 60 next year. And they were all going, wow, you're so old. <laughs> I said, I came down from the Sunshine Coast to hang out with you guys. Great. This guys he's dying of cancer. Um, and it's been a very cruel journey for him. I actually visited him before I went to Malawi uh, in 2019 because I, we were told then he wasn't going to make it. And he, when I got back from holidays, he was told that if he makes this Christmas, it will be his last Christmas. So I was down there visiting him. And on the way down, I was listening to a whole bunch of different music. I um, wasn't happy with anything I was listening to, so I was flicking a lot of stuff. And I listened to one song which I didn't know very well, and one of the lines in the song was, there is a God in whom you should not doubt. I went, okay. That, that was one of those songs where it just the words just jumped out at, you, at me. There is a God in whom you should not doubt. Okay, that's cool. Next line. There is a light, do not let it get put out. Okay. So I've reflected on that for the next 20 minutes. Now, what is really cool about that is that wasn't from one of my Christian artists. It was from you too, And it just spoke to me very strongly and very powerfully. There is a God in whom I should not doubt. There is a God who calls us to stuff and challenges us in stuff. But we should not doubt that he's a good God and he holds our hand and he wants to guide us and impact our lives. And there is a light, no matter how dark it feels, there is a light. Don't let it get put out. All right? Do all we can to make sure that light keeps going forward. Joseph does all he can to be faithful and obedient in his strength and wisdom, but more than that, because God told him to. So let's, like Joseph, commit ourselves to obedience and faithfulness. No matter the cross, no matter the cost,
2: no matter the cross that we may have to wear. And I want you to do one thing. Instead of saying, I didn't sign up for this, remember what you did sign up for. Anyone remember what you signed up for when you put up your hand to say, yep, I'm going to follow Jesus? No turning back no one follow I will still follow
0: what we have signed up for is to receive God's grace by surrendering our lives to him and following Jesus so let us hold on to the promise that God's grace is
2: sufficient for you and for me and that his power is made perfect in our weakness especially in the moments when all we want to say is, I didn't sign up for this, but God is with us. He is our strength. God was with Joseph. He was his strength. And because of that, we have the Christmas story. Let's pray. Father God, you're an awesome
0: God. You're a great God. You're a king of kings and a lord of lords, and I praise your holy name. And I ask, Lord God, that uh, we would know your grace and it would be sufficient. We would know that in our weakness you are
2: strong and you are made perfect in and through us. Oh, Lord God, may we hold on to your hands. May we walk this journey together in your strength and in your power.
0: And, Father, this Christmas may we share the good news of Jesus wherever we are, and whatever we do. Amen. I hand
2: back to Richie and the team, and then um, Pamela is going to lead us in the benediction today.